Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and this is day three of the Grand National Festival preview. Of course, the Grand National in there as well, the Saturday at Aintree Racecourse. And I'm joined by two expert guests returning from a sabbatical on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, for those pods. It is Odds Checker's very own Andy Holding. And back with us again after giving us his pearls of wisdom on those first two days pods. Lucky and and you're maybe not unlucky uh, lucky that we are doing this before the racing starts. It's about midday on Thursday. So we don't know how your tips for those two days have gone. But great to have you both here. Um, Andrew, you know, I've, I've got to come to you first as somebody who has ridden in the Grand National a few times. You mentioned on the on the Friday pod. Uh, your record there but for anybody who didn't see that or listen to that talk us through your record uh around the uh, you know the most famous horse race in the world it, it started very well uh in 96 i rode over the stream for kim bailey and sadly that the who for chap jim gordon who passed away and he had a you know the, the colors won yesterday at catrick mm. and um he was a great stalwart and that horse got round um three of my first four rides got round which was uh i thought well this is an e this is easy this national <laughs> lack and then sadly the next uh the next nine didn't mm. so if anybody counts upon experience for being a, a good thing in the national i think if you have a look through a lot of the winners uh, a, a lot of the jockeys in their fledgling part of their career ruby walsh barry Geraghty, they hadn't had too many chances in the race and sadly, the more chances you get, the more disappointed you seem to get. Uh, mm. Unlike AP, he just he was a bit rusty. Took him 15 attempts with Don't Push It. Um, been the uh, obviously the highlight back in 2010. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's still a tough race, and the, the fences maybe aren't as big as they were. The safety measures have been brought in, but you still need a horse that takes to the fences. And Andy, what, how do you normally approach the national? I mean, it's a uh... It's a funny one for for kind of pro punters like yourself because it's a bit of a head scratcher. Do you relish it, or is it a, 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 a race you don't normally look to get too involved in? No, no, it's a race that, that's served me quite well in in, in recent times. Uh, I've had a couple of my big, biggest ever wins in in the national. Uh, they have been long term plans, and they're very few and far between. I, I don't do it everywhere. I'm not like specifically going out of my way to think right, you know. Um, I'm going hunting for the national winner a year in advance, but they they mm. tend to just fall in my lap. I, Number six, Valverde, back in the day, 2006, was a horse that I cottoned onto courtesy of his two runs in the Irish National and the Thiesters, and I just thought he was he was overpriced in the day where the Irish horses were, were still probably quite a little bit underestimated. Uh, and, of course, he came from a smaller trainer as well, Martin Brazel, so he, he went under the radar a little bit. He was like 50 to 1 uh, pre-Christmas. Uh, and and similar to, to that, uh, Rule of the World, another one of my my sort of big big picks was, was a 50 to 1 shot, uh, having run well in in a lot of graded races um, against the very best. But again, he was another one that sort of flew under the radar. And I, I thought he had a touch of class and uh, took a chance with him getting the trip, of course, and and uh, and, that, and that popped up. But um, yeah, usually speaking, I'm looking towards the Irish. I, I do feel as though they... they um, a lot of their big handicaps, uh, such as the ones at Leopardstown, are, are hugely, hugely contested. Mm. And the Thiest is usually t- 20, 25 runners in those races. Irish National, as we saw the other day, uh, nearly 30 runners. We, we don't tend to get that over here. Um, so therefore, I do think they 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 have um, they have a, a little bit of an advantage on that score. So yeah, I, I've picked a couple of Irish horses out, which we'll get onto in, in the uh, fullness of time. 
Yeah, we, we will do because we're not going to go straight into the national. We're going to go through the cards and starting with the 145. Before <clears throat> we get going on the day's racing at Aintree, just going to point the listener or the viewer in the direction of the Odds Checker app, the very best place for best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms, the best uh, tipsters in the game as well. And these tips, not just during Aintree, but every day when he's working, which is most of the time, um, his tips will be straight to the app in the morning of the racing as well. That is both National Hunt Racing, Flat Racing, whatever you got. Um, do download the app there for Andy's tips and for all the rest. And I'm going to be talking in terms of the best prices. But as I mentioned, we're recording this just after midday on Thursday. So final decks are just out for Saturday's racing. And that means that uh, in the first race of the day, which is the handicap, 22 remain in there. Um, the EFT systems handicap hurdle, but I think all the traders across all the bookies are busy uh, preparing the, the prices for the graded races, which will see the most action now. So it means there aren't any prices there. Normally we'd we'd skim through this, but with Andy with Andy on, uh, always got an angle into these, even when there aren't any prices around. So Andy, a, a couple you want to flag up uh, just before we know what price they'll be they'll be going up at. Yeah, j- just one really, George, without overcomplicating it. Um, a horse that I missed Cheltenham, I actually mentioned him on on a, on a podcast that we did uh, with regards perhaps the Coral Cup or even even the boys race because he, he was entered in both races but he didn't get in uh Barn of Adorn um mm. trained by David Bridgewater first run for David uh won a very competitive race when last seen I think it was 140 odd days ago uh, at um Nace when he he beat a stellar field including uh Damalisk, who seemingly was very well handicapped going into that race there's been a whole host of winners coming out of it i think any second now ran in it as well further down the field so it was quite um a deep contest um he's obviously gone up uh, subsequently in the, in the handicap but um it means at least he'll get into this race he's going to come here fresher than most he, he won't mind the ground as well he's got plenty of form in in ireland on good ground um so yeah i'll be i'll be, I'll be looking looking towards him he might be a, a fair price because obviously he's trained by someone who's still a regarded as uh, sort of like in the second tier, if you like, with regards to Chainers, obviously yeah, he's very, very good. He's had, mm. you know, horses that are run well in the, in the gold cup, giant bolster, etc. So he, he, he's very good with a good one when he's got him. Uh, and I'm hoping that he can do really well with Barn of Adorn, who I think will probably be chasing next season, whatever happens. Barn of Adorn, one to keep an eye out on. What kind of price would you be hoping for, Andy? I'd be hoping for double figures. I, I, I wouldn't want to sort of hes- estimate because, um, um, it, it it is quite difficult to put a price price on him, but I'd I'd be hopeful of somewhere in between tens and twenties. He'd be in that bracket, I would have thought. Good stuff, uh, Andrew. Anything for you before we move on to the uh, first race we've got on the day with, with prices? I mean, T T Clipper ran well at a blinder at Cheltenham. He's probably one of the obvious ones because he he was staying on. He's a point to point winner at Lark Hill. Uh, the 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 extra trip will definitely help his chances. I mean, if you put him in there, then you've got to put Janika in there. There's there's a whole horse that got placed at Cheltenham over two and a half and three mile. Um, so they'll be at the top of the market. And I, I can see where Andy's coming from. You know, the, the horse that he's mentioned has has a bit of a, a take of the conditional look about him, maybe a bit further down the line, doesn't he, Andy? That He does, yes. Yeah. That's, that's the type that Bridgie excels with. And um, he'll have target. You know, th- this is more of a... Cheltenham was the first thought of probably two thirds of the field, and this is what you call the afterthought. Mm. Whereas from David Bridgewater's point of view, 
this has been at the forefront of his mind, um, having missed Cheltenham. It's probably a bonus as well, Andy, on that fact that he comes here fresh. I, so, think, I think I think so, Andrew. Yeah, I mean that's my school of thought. I'd, I would have backed him quite strongly at uh, Cheltenham had he got into one of the, those races. I think he missed the cut in the Coral Cup, but I think one three five got you in. Um, and maybe they just thought, well, maybe the boys taking on the Irish, you know, with those well handicapped horses they've got in that race, uh, as it proved once again that that might be a bridge too far. So it's probably a wise policy. And and, and you're right. I think perhaps a years year, years two down the line he'd be coming here like the conditional did, of course, to win the handicap. Before you know, maybe contesting some of those big um, Saturday races, as it were. He, he's a really nice horse at Barn of Adorn um, to look at as well. You, you'll see him when you, on 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 Saturday. He's he's quite a scopey fella, so most punters won't know much about him, but uh, they, they will do in the fullness of time. Hopefully, we'll see him going ten, twelve, fourteen lengths clear uh, in the opener on Saturday and landing an early winner for uh, for Andy. Uh, on then to the two twenty five, the uh, the Mersey. The novice hurdle um, run over two and a half miles. My Drogo is the nine to four favourite head of Bally Adam at eleven to four. Drill deal seven to one. Minella Drama ten to one. Fourteen to one. Adramel um, Pipe Smoker sixteens. Guide Your Dream sixteens. Sixteens uh, for JBY twenty five to one. Bar Andy, I'll, I'll stick with you here. My Drogo favourite just ahead of, of Bally Adam for Rachel Blackmore. Yeah, I, I think uh, we've got the right favourite here in My Drogo. Um, you've got to like he's he's. His career path this season, um, brought along very steadily, very astutely by by Dan Skelton. He hasn't overfaced him. I think he th- sees this fellow as a long-term chasing prospect. What trip? Who knows? He'll probably start over two miles next season and work his way back from the arc or maybe. And if um, he's telling him that maybe he wants further, then the marsh chase might come into the reckoning. But for now, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. Um, he's won on good ground at Newbury early in the season. Didn't beat a great deal that day, in, in, in all truthfulness. But... Um, uh, he could only beat what was in front of him, as they say. Um, but it was really impressive him at Kelso last time. It was a it was a well run affair. The, the right horses were in it, and I thought he turned them away really well. He handled the soft ground no problem. Um, he's got a little bit of everything. This fella, tactical speed, turn of foot, stays, a likable attitude. Um, so yeah, I, I I wouldn't put anyone off if they wanted to back him at seven to four. Bally Adams just got a little bit of an issue in the jumping department, as far as I could see. Uh, I went back and reacquainted myself with his running the Supreme this morning, and he did make one or two notable errors, including that bad one at the second last. And if you remember, he absolutely yeah. clouded it and went from sort of travelling okay in second to fifth or sixth. He inherited second because the horse of uh, Willie's fell at the last. So he, was, he was a bit of a lucky second in in, in many respects. So he's going to have to brush up his jumping. The, the rhythm of the two and a half mile race might help him. I think running against the like of Appreciate It in fast run races are probably made or forced him to make mistakes so so they'll go a gallop uh, or a little bit of a, a, f- a few a few mph a little bit slower in this two and a half mile race that that might um come to his benefit but you haven't got a lot of wiggle room with bally adam i, I do think drill deal will run well here he's going to be massively underestimated and you shouldn't do because i mean ronald Whelan has done an amazing job with this fella he won a great two last time at the moscow fly don't forget looking back who's in fourth that day echoes in rain Mm. who's done absolutely nothing but boost that form subsequently. She was brilliant the other day when she won at Fairy House, a clock in a big time. And this uh, this fellow's missed, uh, missed Cheltenham. I, th- I think it might have been a, a setback that forced him to miss it rather than they deliberately come here to target this race. But he's, he's a decent tool, that, that drill deal. I've got him you know, doing some fair numbers and um, he also has got plenty of scope for the future. So looking from a betting perspective here, I, 
I'd probably look towards him at seven to one each way uh, than I would perhaps my Drogo at seven to four. Yeah, drill deal seven to one with Paddy Power eight 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 Sport Betfair Sportsbook and Bet Victor as it stands. Looks like the value for Andy Andrew. Where are you looking uh, in this one? Um, I mean, my, my Drogo is uh, you know he's 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 progressive. It's whether um, it's whether this sharper track will catch him. I know it's two and a half, but promise me. I promise you, they will not be hanging around <laughs> round here. Yeah, it is. It is sharp, um, but you know he's he's going the right way. The Miss Cheltenham. Um, I'd echo Andy's sentiments with Bally Adam. The jump in the fe- the hurdles come up quickly, and the second the second time down the back, it would worry me with Bally Adam when the pace quickens because those hurdles come up at a fair rate of knots, and the jump in hasn't been up to scratch so far. Um, I just thought the horses are bigger prices. I, I, I always remember that they thought an awful lot of pipe smoker. When you look back to his form to last year, he's only had one run this year. Um, and that was in, in the bog, shall we say, at Sandown. But I, I feel that, that Nicky Henderson probably felt that he had to get a run into him if he was coming to Aintree. Probably wasn't ideal, but it got a run into him. Um, and you look at his form behind Chantry House last year. Um, he's 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 the dark horse in here for me. He's he's got less miles on the clock than a few. Um, so from an each way perspective, I think Pipe Smoker could be could be very interesting because it you look it isn't the deepest grade one yeah uh, that we've seen. So you know you think Bally Adam got beaten. He was knocked twenty four lengths out of sight for pleasure. Was only three lengths back in third on that occasion. So. That that sets the standard. So pipe smoke would be my idea of horse to run well. Landon Arbor, lad, he's been freshened up. I've put a line through his last run at Haydock. He's definitely better on better ground. You remember he beat Manella Drama earlier on in the season. He was only two and a half lengths behind my Drogo at Ascot when he was given that horse five pounds round Ascot when he was favourite. So the, he's obviously, I'd say he was flat last time. It was four, fourth run in four months. And he's been freshened up. It wouldn't surprise me, but I'd be going with Pipe Smoker as an each way proposition for Nicky Henderson. So, but he'd be definitely better on the ground. And going back to last season's form, I think it looks if he, if he if he hadn't run at Sandown, he'd probably be half the price just coming into here. Yeah. And you remember he's a second season novice as well. Yeah, Pipe Smoker 16 to 1 with Paddy's Betfair Sportsbook and Bet Victor. Uh, Landon Abolad is 25 to 1 with Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook. Just one question before we, before we move on, because, you know, that there might not be any Willie Mullins or <clears throat> Denise Foster hot pots in this race, but you look back to what happened in the novice hurdles at Cheltenham, and it was humiliating for the, you know, for the for the British runners there and the Irish absolutely dominated when you're taking you know you've got two Irish based you know decent uh, Irish form bits in here when Bally Adam and Drill Deal is it not simple enough just to kind of make an assumption that that is better than anything else that we've seen or or is it not as simple as that I I think the one, the one thing that doesn't help a lot of um, um, UK horses when they come up against the Irish the Irish tend to run on a lot of their best races tend to run up um, be taking place on really stiff tracks so so they're already acclimatized i think when they come to cheltenham like mm. leopardstown you can't underestimate how stiff a climb 
Leopardstown is uh, it's got a stiffer incline from from the from the back of the second last to the winning line than Cheltenham has, um, which is a which is a point that often isn't raised. Uh, so I think that's why that Dublin Racing Festival is so good because they've they've had a chance to run hard at strong in strong gallops in competitive fields and run up a stiff hill for the thick end of three or four furlongs. And and you look at Navin and Nace. A lot of a lot of those Grade One, Grade Twos take place at Navin and Nace, and they've got similar inclines. Yeah. Where you look at a lot of our tracks, you know, you, you, the Newburys, the Aintrees, the of this world. Um, there's not there's not that many prep races for the for the novices at at, um, at Cheltenham, is there? When you actually think no. about it, uh, you don't get you don't get any two mile. There isn't any two mile grade what graded graded races on the, in the build up to the Cheltenham Festival. Andy, the, well, the interesting thing is that's why I think Shaq and Porsoir got beat because I thought the the old track at Cheltenham was just too sharp for him. Yeah, uh, coming up Absolutely, the hill. But yeah. rather than that, he didn't get up the hill. You mentioned about Leopardstown because there was that point at Leopardstown that Paul Townend sat quiet and Willie Mullins in the stand wasn't overly happy. But the stiffness of the Leopardstown for me suits him better than obviously the Cheltenham test. It's not as far, you know, as in distance wise. And when you when you compare the times of the two tracks, Leopardstown's about probably at least 10 seconds, takes 10 seconds longer to run that two miles and one furlong round there than it does round Cheltenham. Yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons why I, I opposed Chuck and Paul Swire just on that basis that yeah. I thought the tight track might fetch him out. And you look at the two, the two run side to side. Put the kettle up, had no chance of beating Chuck and Paul Swire at Leopardstown, but that you run at Cheltenham where she's three for three on a tight inside track. That that um, that um, uh, the old course. Okay. She's she's different class around there because she's a smaller model. She can go around those tight bends at the top of the hill, get a breather in. You know, you need to be quite adaptable whipping around that top and the bottom bend and those two fences come up quick. So her sort of technique and her way of getting across the ground is very much suited to that track rather than Chuck and Paul Suarez, obviously a much uh, much bigger uh, much bigger model. Interesting stuff. Uh, talking of big models. And we're going to move on to the three o'clock uh, at Aintree, um, the Doom Bar Maggle Novice Stakes. And, you know, if Shishkins was a procession uh, at Cheltenham this time around at one to six. Uh, you know, he's got them all running scared, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Fun and Bill Savola is 14 to one, Gumble 14 to one, 16 to one, Elvis Moore, and 28 to one, Long Horse, Long House Sale. Uh, Andrew, I'll start with you here because, you know, I don't think we can really do this much justice in terms of, of, a, of a betting preview. So let's just talk about Shishkin. <laughs> How good is he? I hope it doesn't, I hope he doesn't suffer the same fate as N.Y. Allen. Yeah. You think if Envoy Allen can form, then anything can happen. But Shishkin, oh, exhilarating is what I would um, put him up in that category. You know, Nicky Henderson, you know, you got got uh, Sprinter Sacra. Um, you bet then he's a remittance man back in the day. Uh, and this horse, he, he, could be, he could be the best of the best. You know, Altior, who's Altior? You know, you're talking about Shishkin now. <laughs> he's almost forgotten about because... Shishkin is just straightforward. And the thing is, I think you could run him over any trip at, Chel- at, at Aintree or Cheltenham and it wouldn't make any difference. He's just got, he's so relaxed. His jumping is, he can switch off quietly away, pop away, uh, do what you like with him. Um, but then as soon as you light him up, it's just like going from second gear to fifth gear. Um, you know, I think Nick... You know, there's a lot of pressure for a jock. You know, you think you're on a sevens on chance going out. You've only got to point him in the right direction. 
that's the last thing from a riding perspective you want to think. You've just got to respect every fence as it comes, respect the race, uh, but make sure you do your own thing. Don't think you passed the post before you are. And you've got a man on board who, you know, any, I, I think he must have blood running through his veins at about minus 20. He's the <laughs> coolest customer, or one of the coolest customers I know. You know, to, to think that the Irish, what the Irish did at Cheltenham, but yet Nico still walked away with a couple of winners. Mm. And the fact that when we saw Envoy Allen fall, we thought, oh, well, he must have known that he'd fallen. He had no idea. Although he was only half a length in front, that just shows how much he was concentrating on what he should be doing and not mm. worrying about the opposition. Really interesting stuff there. I mean, Andy, you've you've said in the past you can find a bet in any race, so I challenge you to find me one here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a lot depends on on the without markets, really, because yeah, I think I think we're not going to be um, Elvis is back. Elvis could be back. El- he Elvis could be. It <laughs> could be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not considering having th- seven thousand or one on on Shiskin. Uh, not my kind of bet. Um, they'll probably bet sort of eleven to ten, five to four um, each or two in the in the with, without the favourite market. And I'd probably fancy Fun and Boo Savola to win that little joust. Um, I was quite impressed with this lad at uh, Ascot the other day. He skipped on that over that fast ground really well. He'd been running largely speaking on soft or heavy winter ground and um, up to a fair standing in victory and defeat, but. Um, yeah, he was like I say, he really did um, catch the eye the other day. The way he quickened up, I got his figure quite good, and I'd expect him to be a little bit more effective around the sharper track than than the other than the other three. Gumball, he's been a little bit hit and miss since uh, winning early on in the season. Elvis Mayo can make mistakes. Um, he's got a, a lot of talent, but I don't think he pays his fences a, a huge amount of respect, and they are quite stiff around this uh, mile main side track. And if you catch one. That might just uh, be enough to uh, end his, his claims. And, and Longo Sale, of course, when we last saw, uh, pulled up. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be looking towards Finn and Bill Savola. For those that are looking for a bet anyway, at three o'clock. Finn and Bill Savola may be the best of the rest, but should be, yeah, as I say, a procession for Shishkin, the sixth full favourite for next year's champion chase at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, on then to the 335, which is the Ryanair Stayers hurdle. And fair to say, this is maybe more akin to the Stayers that we thought we were going to get back in March with Time Hill heading the market just ahead of Paisley Park, 9 to 4 Time Hill, Paisley Park 3 to 1, Roxana 11 to 2, Lisnagar Oscar 12 to 1, Third Wind 14 to 1, Vindication 20 to 1, if the cap fits 20 to 1, 22 to 1 bar. 15 at the moment, so four places for most firms as it stands. And I'm sure come the day, there may even be five or six you'll be getting there. Um, Andy, come to you first here. And, and, you know, we spoke on the Cheltenham podcast because when we when we recorded that, it looked like it was going to be a match between Time Hill and Paisley Park. That didn't come to pass because Time Hill didn't run. Um, at the moment, Time Hill seemed to be marginal favourite. Where would you stand on that? Yeah, on this ground, I'd probably just slightly favour Time Hill as well. I think he'll be more suitable to, to um, a relatively quickish surface. We don't know what it'll be come Saturday, but I can't imagine it'll be um, you know, anything anything worse than good to soft with the water that they're um, um, employing there at the moment. And, of course, the fact that he missed Charlemagne and didn't have the hard race that Paisley Park had has got to be seen as some kind of advantage. Um, he's already beaten Paisley Park this season. He goes well fresh, as he proved at Newbury. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he's probably the right favourite. Um it was a hit and miss meeting for, for Dan Skelton and Harry Skelton, wasn't it? They had a 
look, they had some really good high high points. Second in the champion chase, second, third in the bumper. Unlucky with um, the horse in the boys race that got um, mm. probably given a little Langadan. bit too much to do. Langadan, yeah. So they were there or thereabouts. You know, it wasn't a total disaster like some of the UK trainers. But I think one of the biggest mistakes they made was running Roxana against the uh, the, the mayors. I said that on on the podcast I did going into channel. I thought that was the wrong decision. All their form was definitely targeted or going towards a trajectory was going towards her being a three miler and not dropping back against horses like Black Tears and Constantine who got plenty of speed and she got done for pace um, uh, in that two and a half mile race. Um, but if you if you look at her body work over three miles, it's it's right up there with the best. You know, she hasn't got masses to find with Paisley Park and Time Hill on the Ascot run and the ground might have been a bit too soft heavy for that day. But you look at her two runs here at Aintree on a flat track, they've been excellent. She just got nutted in this race two years ago by if, if the cap fits. She was just run out of it by Santini when Santini was right on his A game in that mm. three-mile um, uh, novices race um, in 2018. And generally speaking, like I say, her Aintree form's really good. She's run well here in defeat as well. Um on another occasion. So I think everything's right for Roxana here. Good ground, three miles. Um, and it's a price as well. I mean, she's 11 to two. Yeah. You know, I, I love that when you, when you've got a chance to back a horse like Roxana each way, I'll cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an each way punter at heart. I'm, I'm you know, each way thief, at, Andy. Well, I, I look at, like I say, I look at, I look at time Hill and yeah, I, I accept he's probably the most likely winner, but I'm I'm very much always leaning towards a bet where I think, well, if I'm not going to win, I'm not going to lose at the same time, and I've got a chance of nicking the win with Roxana. So I'll take that all day long, eleven to two each way. There'll be firms will be betting four places. I think that, I think that's the case, isn't it? Yeah, four. No, I'm, I'm sure we'll get five on the day. You'd have thought. I mean, it's hard to see her bowing a four. How could she possibly not be in the first four? So I'll be betting her to place and and, and each way strongly in in that race. Roxana 11-2 with William Hill, 888, and Bet Victor uh, and Genting, but I should say all four firms currently four places, four to one elsewhere. So, um, yeah, a, a, a big disagreement with the books in terms of Roxana's price. Andrew, uh, it's Roxana for Andy. Who do you fancy for the for the Hey, stage? Andy, you're talking, we're talking from the same hymn sheet. Mm. Cool. Because bearing good. in mind, at Cheltenham, she was written. She was written how she doesn't want to be written. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I was scratching my head about. I know he was trying to force it over to, her, but she loves horses to aim at, and I just hope he rides a like. I'd be happy to see her a length down at the last, rather than upsides. <clears throat> just <clears throat> let the others get in a battle and have what have one go inside the last seventy-five yards, hundred yards, because. She loves aiming at horses. Um, you think of the Weatherby run earlier in the season. You play her late. Ascot, what, two lengths down at the last? Or, you know, absolutely no rush at all. You know, just, you know the drop back in trip. It's a shame there's a mare's race at Cheltenham because she'd have gone for the stairs, you know. Mm. They, th- they were thinking it was the easy, easier option. But you look through her form and Andy knows that. Two and a half, she barely wins. She's barely won over two and a half. You know, when you go back through the form, yes, in the when she was first starting out, but she's barely one over two and a half. Three is her gig. A bit of, a mare with a bit of sun on the back as well. The fact that she ran over two and a half at Cheltenham, it it wouldn't have taken too much out of her. Whereas Paisley Park, I just have he still had a hard race at Cheltenham, even though that they say he maybe lacked a bit of match practice. But is he the type of horse for a quick turnaround? I'm I'm not so sure because he hasn't 
he hasn't ever been trained for a quick turnaround. Um, you know, if he'd won at Cheltenham, he wouldn't be coming here. Yeah. So it's more for me the more the afterthought that we'll go to Cheltenham because we didn't we'll go to Ainsley because we didn't win at Cheltenham. Tynehill, I still have it in the back of my mind. Yes, he missed he missed Cheltenham, but he missed Cheltenham because he had a little bit of a setback, which is not ideal in any circumstance. And um, you know, Philip Hobbs, he, he, this, they, they've, it's a bit like Colin Tizard. You, you, they still haven't clicked. They had a purple patch for about a week where there was a double, a couple of troubles and a treble went in, but it's still been rather quiet. But for, for me, Roxana ticks the box. Liznagar Oscar's got to come off the back of the fall. Um, I look further down the list, and I'm with Andy. She's in each way, but she won't be eleven to two on the day. She'd be more like four to one. Eleven to two, as it stands. Double trouble for Andrew and Andy there for Roxana at eleven to two for Dan and Harry Skelton. Uh, on then to the <coughs> the four fifteen, the Betway handicap chase, the race before the Grand National. And Happy Go Lucky is the 130 favourite ahead of Cloudy Glen at seven to one. Top notch 15 to two. <laughs> Fagan 10 to one. Spirit of the Games and Sam Brown both 11 to one. Hold the note and Snow, Le- Snow Leopardess both 12 to one too. 14 to one bar. I'm going to give Andy first run for the national, Andrew, which means that you get first go here. <laughs> I think the national <laughs> might be easier. <laughs> uh, Happy Go Lucky obviously it was a cracking run at Cheltenham. Got beaten by the old boy vintage clouds. Uh, David Bass couldn't believe how happy-go-lucky let him down at the last at, uh, at Cheltenham. Mm. But Bassy would ask them up from anywhere, and he's the most positive person out there. You know, what he didn't think was long, everybody else thought was quite long. Mm. And the horse just just, it just didn't come up for him, but it wouldn't have made any difference. So if he got closer, he might have gone up a few more pounds. He's obviously... he's. Put, Plenty of potential in there, but did he put? Did he lay everything on the line at Ch- Cheltenham? That's always going to be a slight worry. Um, Cloudy Glen ran a blinder, top notch also. I'm looking a little further down the list, and he's unexposed. He's only had one run this season, and he ran behind Imperial Law up at Carlisle. I'm hoping there'll still be enough juice in the ground for Sam Brown. Mm. Um, He's got a lot of form on with lots of cut in the ground, but the fact that they're having one crack at a half decent race and they haven't been to Cheltenham, if he can get his own way in front and just dominate away, uh, I think he's he's got a good chance for Rex Dingle and Anthony Hullyball. He's very lightly raced, but I, the ground at Carlisle wasn't too bad, and like I say, it was behind Imperial Aura, and I'm just looking for a horse that hasn't been to the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, I feel that uh, he he could be one if as, as long as it's good to soft, they'll be happy with that ground. Um, Fagan was was a, a very very impressive winner at uh, at Newbury from from a yard that's been in pretty decent form recently, but he's gone up a fair chunk for for winning on that flat track on decent ground around there. But I, I'm I'm looking to oppose the favourite off the back of his literally laid everything on the line at Cheltenham. And, and got beaten. Yeah, Sam Brown, 11 to 1 there, as you mentioned. Looks like this has been the plan for some time, <laughs> unlike some of the others who come here after a difficult race at the festival, uh, Cheltenham Festival. 11 to 1 is with Paddy Power, Betfair Sportsbook, and Betfred. Andy? Yeah, I, I was smarting really after after 
happy go lucky didn't win that handicap. Um, but yeah, whether he'd have won, won with a better jump at the last is, is obviously open to debate. Uh, I thought at the time going into the last, he, he might um, outstay um, Vintage Clouds. But to be fair, Vintage Clouds found plenty up the running. And Andrew's right, you know, Bassey saw a long one and the horse just said, oh, I'm going to, I can't, I can't get, I can't, um, I haven't got the scope for that. And he put down and right in that bottom of the hill, when you've got to try and regather your momentum, it's very difficult, isn't it, at the end of three miles? Um but I mean, up until that point, he, you know, he, he went round like a well-handicapped horse to me. Um, he made one or two little niggly errors, but you know, it was a twenty-odd run of handicap at Cheltenham, so you know, no horse was going to be foot perfect all the way around. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he's got few convictions. A lot of these, it's one of those races where you think, can I find something else? Mm. Um, and I, I'd probably be only scrambling and trying to look for something else for looking for looking for something else's sake, because a lot of these have had similar you know runs at the festival as well it's not there's not that many that come here fresh and the ones that have i'm not overly convinced about either Incl- i'm including sam brown sam brown for me needs it bottomless um i don't think it's going to be that Laylor, he's got a very good entry uh, record by the way Laylor, but again here kaylee woolacott's had a terrible season and you know i, I can't remember the last winner she's had to be fair mm. um so yeah i was really struggling for inspira- inspiration here i, I had a half a look at tom lacy's horse um uh, John John B, but he he was beaten when he fell last time at Weatherby. So I'm I'm like I said I'm I'm, I'm going around in circles. Here. I'm really struggling to pose. I'd be go lucky. Um, he's had a fairly light campaign other than that, that Cheltenham race. I mean, he, you know, he'd been off since I think it was December. So it's not as if he's had like back to back runs and he's absolutely punch drunk. Um, you know, he's only he's only had the four runs um, since October, I think. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably stick with him and, and hope that um, he gains compensation. Happy go lucky seven to two best price now with Skybet, who also go a fifth to five. So Andy, which might prick your ears up a little bit, getting five places there. Um, yeah, yeah, for, that could, could tempt me in. For happy go lucky, currently yeah seven to two best price, three to one elsewhere. On then to the big race of the day, the big race of the year, the big race of the decade. Everyone will be watching. It is of course the Grand National. Uh, the first one we've had for two years after last year's was cancelled. Tiger Roll will not be going for his third consecutive victory. We won't talk about that. We touched on it in the Thursday podcast, which you can listen to uh, if you wish. Um, but Cloth Cap is the four to one favourite ahead of Burrow Saint, eleven to one. Um, any second now, Manella Times twelve to one uh, alongside Kimberlite Candy, Secret Reprieve fourteen to one, Discorama <clears> eighteen to one, Magic of Light twenty to one, Far Class twenty two to one, Potter's Corner twenty five, Bristol de May twenty eight, thirty three to one. Uh, but I'm not going to go through the whole lot. Although we had Ben Coley from Sporting Life on our on our Masters Preview podcast, and every year he does a an A to Z. Of, uh, of of the whole field in the Masters, talking about their scoring average and their chances. A couple of jokes in there, and, and Andrew, I've seen your your notes for the Grand National, <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty sure we could do a whole hour long podcast of you just going through the whole field and, and giving your 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 five out of uh, your your star out of five, and um and and give them a talking up each. But we're not going to do that because we have a bit of time pressure. But I'm going to come to you in a second. We'll start with Andy. And uh, yeah, just how are you trying to make sense of this year's national? Well, first and foremost, um, I, I, you know, having watched this race year in year out and, and backed a few horses that have, have fitted the profile of national winners, you do get a gut feeling um, 
when you're looking at the list, anti-post list, and you know what's in the race, and then you whittle it down, and when it becomes clear after Cheltenham what's going to line up. So a, a lot of a lot of them you can tick off with a good degree of confidence, thinking, well, that can't win, that's not got the aptitude, that's out of form, blah blah blah. So you know you can you know you can you can try and shoehorn chances with some of them if you go back far enough, but I think you you can, you're conning yourself half the time. I'd, I'd just like to sit, stick with horses that have run well in these kind of races before. Um, Magical Light is one of them. You know, obviously she ran a blind two years ago behind Tiger Roll, despite her horrendous mistake at the chair. By the way, um, Paddy Kenner did an amazing job to sit on her that day. But Robbie Power takes over, which has got to be seen as a good thing coming the weekend. Um, she ran, I thought, nicely at Cheltenham, similar to her run two years ago when she finished seventh in the three mile handicap. She finished eighth in the Corvivi um, Grade 1. Um, watching the head-on as well, she came up the hill very strongly, I, I did notice, having been outpaced at halfway, which is not surprising for a four-mile horse or a horse at one to two at three and a half miles at least. Um, and the Jessica Harrington stable have, have come into form as well for good measure. They, they went through a bit of a, a rough winter, but the spring uh, in their nostrils seemed to have um, improved their, their um, general well-being. So there's a lot of stars that are lining for Magic of Light to run well. Whether she's good enough to win, obviously being the mayor, they you know they they won for a long, hell of a long time. Um, Got to go back, you know, um, almost like wartime to find the last uh, mayor. So I, I'm certainly I've got that at the back of my mind that it's going to be a stiff task. But I'd be pretty sure with the clean round that Magic of Light will give me a half a decent run for my money at twenty to one. My main play is, is Manella Times. I think she'll be. I think this also will end up being the gamble of the day, and I wouldn't say would be vying for favouritism or go close to touching cloth cap because I think at four to one you've got to go a long, a long way to get down to that that or, short price, or, but, or a long way out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could see him going off sort of nine to two, five to one. I don't think he's going to drift to six, seven to one. That, I think that's that'd be verging on madness because mm. he's got an obvious chance. Excuse me, <clears throat> but um, I do think Manella Times. Will probably go off somewhere in and around that mark himself. I think it'd be about a seven to one shot because of the Rachel Blackmore, Henry de Bromhead access. Everyone can recognise what a, what an amazing time they had of it at Cheltenham, and, and the horses are healthy. But I do like his profile anyway. I, I think he's got untapped potential. He's a good jumper. I've watched all his all his uh, latest runs and to see if there's any flaws or chinks in his armoury with regards to his technique. If you can jump around those big fields at Leopardstown at, at a fast pace like he did. And and use you know he gets back on his hocks and he's very very clever when he's tight, uh, and Rachel of course is is a superb horsewoman. Then then you should be fine. The trips are an unknown, um, but it, it was with many others that have won this race previously with three mile experience, but nothing beyond that. You know the likes of Ruler World had never run beyond three miles, and yet he stayed the trip really well. So I'd be hopeful that he got the trip rather than absolutely sure. But I do think he's off a good mark. He's off ten three, um, hundred forty six. I think slightly underestimates him. Um, so there's lots to like about him, and, and the ground won't bother him either. Burrow Saints is another one I'd throw into the mix. You know, he's an Irish Grand National winner. Previous winners of this race have run well in those those big Irish um, handicaps, such as the Irish National. And the good ground is very crucial to him. He's raced on heavy ground three times this year, and he hasn't got home. But he's a totally different horse on good ground, like he was when he won the Irish National. So yeah, that, that's my sort of shortlist. Um, I've ended up. Sticking up my column, uh, it was uh, I sent it in last night, so it's up now. Uh, I've gone for Manella Times, it was 14 to 1 at, at time of writing, and 20 to 1 for uh, Magical Light. 
Yeah, another time still 12 to 1 with Bet365, Skybet, Mansion Bet, 10 Bet, Sport Nation, and Red Zone, mm-hmm. and Magic of Light 20 to 1 with a whole host of firms as well. Currently, Boyle Sports sticking their neck out with seven places, but keep your eye on those place terms because I'm sure come Saturday afternoon there will be a fair few following suit and could even be dwarfing that. Uh, Andrew, over to you. Ah, oh, well, cloth cap, that's it. End of story. Um... <laughs> Has, has Cloth Cap got, got, got five stars about. on your on your? Well, I was gonna I was gonna go to him with Cloth Cap, but has Cloth Cap yeah. got five stars on your sheet? Uh, Cloth Cap has got five stars on the sheet, but that's more from his chance rather than his price. Yeah, of course. Which uh, you know, it's not Andy's kind of price, is it? Could you can you nick a bit of quarter of the odds each each way first six at four well, to one, Andy? I think to be honest, he's a winner. I think he's a win only bet, isn't it? Isn't he anyway? I mean, he's a kind of win or nowhere. Yeah. Because of his run style, because he's not going to be ridden like to run through horses and no. then finish off his race. He's either going to go up in front, ping everything, get into a great rhythm like he did when he won the the, the old Hennessy and like he did at Kelso, or he's converged and, and, you know, things don't quite go his way, makes a mistake here, then everywhere, and, you know, he falls into a bit of a heap. So I don't think he's an each-way bet. I think if you're playing him or you're looking at betting two horses and he's in your betting strategy... He's very much just a win-only bet, and then you back something else, either win or, or place um, is the way I go. The th- one thing I will say in favour of cloth cap, not necessarily from a handicapping perspective or um, you know a, a flat track Aintree factor. It's it's just that looking at the Irish Grand National run the other day on good ground, how important it was to get out in front and be in a rhythm like freewheeling Dylan. Freewheeling Dylan. Yeah, I couldn't back that winner now, even though I know the result based on what I've seen of him <laughs> time and time again in some Irish handicap. He couldn't win round like Kilbegan and places like that. And he goes and wins an Irish national. He only won is because he got off in front. There was a huge track bias for front runners on that fast ground, and a lot of the good horses in behind were just couldn't make the ground up on on quick ground. They 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 just it is so hard to 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 do that. Um, and I think it'll be the same in, in the in the national. I think you want a horse that's going to be in the first dozen throughout, whether it's a cloth cap or, you know, a Manila Times a race is handy or a Magic Alight a race is handy, I don't know. But you don't want to be on a, let's say, using him as an example. Um, um, Canelo. Yeah, exactly. Or I was going to say that the, the uh, Gordon Elliott horse, who now doesn't run, the storyteller, I was going to use him as an example, but he doesn't run. But I don't think you want to hold a horse that's going to be, like a, a, an Annabelle Fly is going to be held about the back. They've just got no chance of getting into it. They won't be making 25, 30 lengths up on, 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 a, on a cloth cap who's rattling along at the front. And the only way you'd do that, I believe, is if it's on, on slow ground. You could do it on a what I would call an Amberley House year, yeah, a one for Arthur year, when the ground is genuinely near a soft and it's more emphasis on the, the horses that don't stay up the front. Mm. You'll get a lot more horses taking you down to probably past valentines with the ground conditions like they are and yeah my only worry for cloth cap is he he definitely has a a, a, a big tendency to go left now is tom school going to go right down the inner or is he going to go a few off that's that's the that is your slight worry because when you watched him head on at those fences down the back at kelso you could see how markedly he does go left and when he does put in a short one it's even more profound. So that would be my only worry regarding cloth cap. And it's a it's a big worry if you're going to go, even if you are going to go left-handed, 
you know, it's 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 still not an easy temptation to think you're going down to beaches right down the paint, <laughs> even though the drop isn't as profound as it used to be. Uh, so yeah, at the prices you got to you, you've got to oppose him. Um, my my other ones I'm going to throw into the mix. Uh, I do think Discarama will run well for Paul Nolan. Um, finished. He, he's run well in some big big runner fields. Uh, obviously finished. For me, he's a guaranteed stayer. He was uh, second in the four miler at Cheltenham there behind Lebrel a couple of seasons ago. He's been very lightly campaigned this time around, and he's had a tweak of the wind as well, which um, certainly won't do his chances any harm. And I think at the prices. And the trainer, we've already seen his exploits at the bigger meetings um, this year. I do think uh, Discaram will run a big race because that's almost going, isn't it, the, the, down the fact of the way the, the Irish seem to plot this race up uh, a long, long way in advance. Uh, I've certainly got Magic of Light on the shortlist. I definitely have any second now on the shortlist because he's been campaigned at the lesser trip. He's got... Plenty of boot as well, early doors, which you mentioned about Andy, which he'll, he'll, he'll travel you through the race. You've obviously got a, a bit of a, a question about the trip, but, um, you know, what is it? Uh, 20 years on from Papillon. Um, <laughs> and that, that, that takes you back. So there's always a story to the race as well. So that could be another story uh, to the race. He finished third in, in the virtual national last year, didn't he? He ran there a blinder, didn't he? He, he did. Strong, strong form line that. He jumped well. Perfectly well. You know, Potter's Corner just got the run of the race on that occasion. <laughs> um, and the other one I'm going to put up as a, at, a, at a bigger price, he's not, he's not, he, he's one of the older horses in the field. I think taking risks, he's guaranteed to get the trip. He's got very few flaws in him. Uh, he's got the beating of cloth cap two years ago in the uh, the Scottish National. He's proved that he's in cracking form this season. I'm delighted the owners have decided to have a crack at the race. And I think the man on top, Sean Quinlan, he's equaled his best season. I think he's riding out of his skin mm. as well, which which has a bearing. And he's a horse that shouldn't be, what, 40 to 1? 40 to 1 best price, yeah. I know he's 12 years old, but he's been... You have a look through his form each year. Uh, I don't think he started off till he was a little bit older in life. So although he's 12, he doesn't have... The significant miles on 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 the clock, um, from that perspective. So, uh, and ground conditions, well, it doesn't really matter. He's won on everything, but but he will travel through a race, and he's slick and quick over a fence, and and barely misses a beat. So, yeah, taking risks is very very high up on my agenda. So, um, would taking risks and Discarama be you be your two against the field? Uh, they're my two against the field mm-hmm. because I think they're I, one thing's for certain. With a name like Taking Risks, uh, I don't think you want to be waiting too long before you back him because he's got that 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 that, that name that I think a lot of people will follow in a yeah. race like this. <laughs> and you know, uh, Nicky Richards as well. Obviously, Gordon Richards trained Hello Dandy. Was it back in '84 uh, with Neil Doughty mm-hmm. and Neil Doughty? Yep. Neil Doughty as well. There's there's one for you as well. Neil Doughty. He he back then had the. Uh, had a bit of the uh, haircut that most of us are going around with at the moment, or lack of. <laughs> I mean, his hair was down, the, you know, halfway down. Hair his style, back. rather. Yeah, yeah, the old, yeah, the old Chris Waddle haircut, didn't he? It was, yeah, yeah, and uh, and the Kevin Keegan perm, I think, blowing it the one. 
Yeah, so <laughs> taking risks 40 to 1 at the moment. Uh, that's with Bet365, who are five places at the moment, as short as kind of 25 to 1 elsewhere with, with Paddy Power. Discorama, 18 to 1 best price. That's also a Bet365. So that's where you want to be shopping, Andrew. Um, anything else we want to add to the national before we move on? Well, we should mention, we've got to mention Bristol Demai up the top for Nigel Twist and Davis. Yeah. Uh, he'll be rocking <laughs> away in front. I think that Nigel will be telling Daryl just not to be hanging around on him. He, he's, you know, he's the class horse of the race. Has he missed the boat though? It's a, it's the kind of race that I'd love to have seen in running it. I'd love to have seen him probably two years ago rather than, rather than now when maybe the ground was a bit slower and more to his liking uh, from that perspective. Um, and Kimberite Candy, well, Richie McLernan, you know, there's no cooler jockey around. And, you know, he's the Jamie Spencer equivalent over jumps. <laughs> he will be sneaking away around in Paul Maloney fashion, as in quietly away, try and nick a bit here and nick a bit there. I think Paul Maloney finished, was he in the top five in five consecutive nationals? Yeah, incredible. Um, and Richie yep. McLernan sort of fits the same fits the same boat in that respect yeah absolutely uh, interesting interesting stuff i mean it's always a fascinating race to watch unfold and, and hopefully we flagged up a couple of angles to attack it from i mean amazing to think cloth cap currently four to one that was the sp of tiger roll for that last success back in 2019 um, although it wouldn't be a massive surprise to see cloth cap go off a bit shorter especially if Andy is right and the money comes for Manila Times, currently 12 to 1 at the time of recording. Uh, the last race of the day is the bumper and there are no prices at the moment as it stands. Uh, so we can't kind of do a proper betting preview. But Andy, I'm guessing there might be one or two in there that you <clears throat> are interested to uh, to see. And, and with your time figures, uh, normally your, yep. your, your handle on the bumper is pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the national, don't get me wrong. But um, this is my favourite race of the whole card. Um I think there's some real talent in this. I, I I wouldn't have been surprised if perhaps two or three of them would have gone to the festival, but it's probably to their benefit that they missed Sir Gerard and, and Kilcrut head on. Yeah. I think they're, they're two exceptional talents. But um, yeah, they, this is a well contested race. There's been three horses that have caught my eye based on their numbers and 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 what what I've what I've seen can of I, them. Can I have a guess at them, Andy? <clears throat> Before can I have a guess at them? Go on then. I'll go Go Dante, Balco Coastal. And Napa's Hill. You got, you've got, you've got two of the four that I do like. Um, Go Dante's the number one. I, I think he's, I think he's a real, real good horse in the making. This um, listening to Ollie Murphy afterwards, he, they weren't necessarily thinking about Aintree as such. Um, they, they've given it consideration. They said they were going to consider it, but I've, I've just got the vibes that they, they weren't. Probably that that bothered because they, they they want to see him as a as a hurdler next season. But they've they've decided to roll the dice, which I think is quite significant. But boy, oh boy, did he win well at uh, Wincanton. I, I I've been as impressed with it with a UK bumper horse as much as him all season. He quickened up like a like an aeroplane. Um, <laughs> he really did. The numbers I got him doing from two out to the line were, were frightening, to be honest. Um, so I, as long as the ground's safe and it's good to soft, and obviously by the last race he's probably churned up, so there's going to be plenty of juice in it. Um, I'd be expecting him to go very close. Be good horse to beat him if he's on song. Uh, and and the other two I quite like are Brave Kingdom. I, I, I respect Balco Kelsa, by the way. I think he's a nice horse. But Brave Kingdom, Henry um, Harry Whittingham's horse. He he clocked a fair time at um, Fontwell. Um, 
and and, and I do know that they think quite a bit of him. So I'd, I'd, I'd put him into the mix. And the other one, funny enough, he's a, he's a bit of an unheralded one. Charlie's glance. Landed a bit of a punt for um, Andrew Martin when he won at Newbury. He was 100 to 1 in the morning. He went off 14s. Mm. Those shrewd cookies who backed him knew what they got because he demolished his field, to be fair. He travelled like the best horse all the way through. You, you were looking at the race thinking, God almighty, what's this? Um, and <laughs> it, it never stopped galloping either. And like I say, his numbers were very, very good. I mean, I've got three above average horses here who've clocked what I would consider already championship times. Um, so, yeah, this this is going to be a real good test for, for this lot. So, yeah, go go Dante for me. I think he's a he's a special talent to make, and I'll be, I'll be looking to follow him throughout his rest of his career. What kind of price would you be hoping for go Dante uh, when they come out? I would suggest he'll be third favourite. I, I think they'll probably put in um, um, Paul Nichols' horse, Napa's Hill in, favourite. I think Balco Coast will be second favourite. Um, you could make a case for fine casting as well because he's, he's run against some of the good the good uh, UK horses. But um, I mean, I'd, I'd, on reputation alone and what he did at Wincanton, I'd be surprised if bookmakers give you too much leeway with Go Dante. If he if he if he's bigger than seven or eight to one, then they've they've dropped a clanger. Worth, uh, I'd say, keeping an eye on this pretty early because not only is Andy going to be looking to back Go Dante, but Ollie Murphy's. When they're decent, rarely, uh, rarely go unbacked to um, market support. Fairly significant, I would, I would suggest. Uh, Andrew, I mean, well, Andy's given us a, a, a pretty in-depth one there, but any others that you think? Uh, well, Balco well? Coastly, a second to Gentleman's Game and a point a point who has a mark of one forty-three um, over hurdles, which, which is probably a, a reasonable standard at this stage. Yeah. And he went and. Well, he bolted at one by seventeen lengths at uh, at Kempton. The second horse gets sky higher. Dan Skelton then went and backed that up by winning at Stratford. And it probably wasn't much of a race at Stratford, but you can only beat what's there. And the fact that the horse has been round Kempton, a very sharp track, you know, equally as sharp as Aintree, if not quicker, and um, and did what he did to that field. Um, I, I like I, I like Kempton in the fact it doesn't take too much out of horses as well. So, in that respect, you know, Nicky Henderson, two winners at the Cheltenham Festival, he's got he's got a few good chances. You know, Shishkin obviously on the Saturday, and hopefully this horse will um, back up in the bumper. So, it's um, yeah, it's you know, Nicky Henderson. You'd have to say, you know, by his high standards, the season itself is it's been. A decent season, but just hasn't quite set the world alight. Yeah. So, you know, it's but for a lot of trainers this year, there's a lot of trainers would would like to have the season that Nicky Henderson's had, and I think that probably puts it in perspective. But yeah. Shishkin on on this day is is going to be the highlight, and I don't think he'd be sleeping too much the night before. <laughs> but <laughs> this this is a horse that has a lot of untapped potential. It's interesting what you say there because Willie Muddens gave the interview after the the Monkfishers win, um, saying just how nerve wracking it is <clears> when you, when you've got a horse going off at, at one to two in Chantham Festival. So imagine for Nicky having one going off one to seven uh, at Aintree, going to be going to be interesting. But Balco Coastal, the one for Andrew there in the bumper uh, to close off the day on the Saturday. Uh, thank you both very much, Andrew and Andy, for joining me today. Make sure you download the Odds Checker app to get Andy's tips every day. Uh, the first place you can get them before the, they all start going blue on Odds Checker. Uh, and also you can find on there the best uh, the best prices. Bookie offers free bets and uh, everything else you could want to find 
on the app too. Uh, we recorded a Thursday and a Friday episode with Andrew and Ed Quigley. So if you're watching this or listening to this before those days racing, you can find those on any podcast platform or on the YouTube channel, which you should, should subscribe to. Loads more content coming up in the next couple of weeks. So do subscribe. Uh, enjoy the racing. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy the football. An incredible weekend of sport and luckily the weather forecast is for rain so we can sit inside and watch it guilt-free but enjoy the weekend's racing enjoy the weekend sport and please do gamble responsibly